your sporting news, reviews and previews. This is the Sports Desk. Good evening, Melbourne, and welcome to the Sports Desk. And your Monday evening, the 7th of August, I'm Sam in Hennett, of course, joined by Jerry and Liam Cole and Jason Evans. A massive show, bumper to bumper. We've got the Matildas game tonight at 8.30 uh, in Sydney. Round of 16, FIFA Women's World Cup to talk about. Uh, we've got a big round of AFL to go through and then across all the news in the world of sports. Uh, good evening to you, boys. Um, we'll just... We'll just Dive straight into it, Jerry. Yeah, so we might start off with the Diamonds tonight. So they won their 12th Netball World Cup, defeating England 61-45 in Cape Town. So the standout there in that match was Kira Austin. So one of the um, shooters there, she scored 15 points at an accuracy of 88%. So essentially she only missed two or three shots. Um, and then obviously beating the Poms as well is good because of um, obviously the Ashes. We know what happened there. We didn't you know, quite win it, but we still retained it. So, yeah, big news there. Also, Alex Demonar fails in the final to to, to pass in the Lost Cabos ATP 250 event. So he lost in straight sets 6-3, 6-4. Um, and also the All Blacks defeated the Aussies 23-20 in the rugby on the weekend. Okay. Um, Liam, can you talk us through the Australia T20 squads for South Africa? Yeah, so firstly, Mitch Marsh has been announced uh, as the new T20 captain for Australia, swapping with Aaron Finch, who retired last year after the T20 World Cup in Australia. And he will captain against South Africa in late August on the 31st in a five T20i clash. So it's a bit of a B team squad, but they've got some really good big bash players such as Spencer Johnson Johnson and Matt Short who have played really well in the big bash and get a chance, which is good to see. All right. All right. Um, and the final fixture for round 24 has been announced. We'll just quickly go through that. Some interesting times here, and um, uh, we'll start off with Essendon and Collingwood, who will play the Friday night at 7.50. Saturday will host uh, Hawthorne and Fremantle, 1.45, the same time North Melbourne and the Gold Coast Suns. St Kilda and Brisbane, 4.35 that Saturday. The Saturday night games will be the Geelong Cats and the Western Bulldogs, 725. 8-10, the West Coast Eagles and the Adelaide Crows. And then Sunday's an interesting one. We start off with 12.30, Port Adelaide and Richmond. 3.20, Sydney Swans and Melbourne. And 6.10, Carlton and the GWS Giants. So they've really spaced them out. So to be fair, the AFL, which I had a gripe with a long time, that the overlapping games was annoying. There is no overlapping games for this final round because I guess there is a potential that those, some of those... Sunday games can be very much an effect for the final teams that are going to be in the top eight. Is um, that the sole reason as to why that would have been spaced out that way? I think so. Or TV ratings. Exclusively. Yes, but uh, it, I did like how last year uh, they had the live ladder on the on the screen. The, every time they kicked a goal, it would go up and down. That's typically the Fox broadcast, isn't yeah. it? That would yeah, but that. now that there's no overlapping games there, uh, that won't happen at all. So I think it's just more about... Ratings. They want people to watch all the games. Mm. I mean, fair point. That's I how guess you grow so. the game. Yeah, but I still think uh, 12.30 for a game is very bizarre. And 6.10, especially people when I've seen a lot of people that travel from the country to come watch the games, it's just not good on a Sunday night. So um, 
Interesting one. Well, it's going to be the experimentation part of uh, scheduling a fixture, isn't it? Because if you know Thursday was once a trial. They tr- remember that period? I think it was twenty fourteen. They tried a Monday night game. Remember that period of time? Yeah, I was Monday, Monday in Carlton. Is that mostly? what it was? Yeah. Didn't yeah. Work out. So you always see a little <laughs> bit of experimentation every year, but uh, anyway, we'll work it out then. And uh, the last story here, which is going to be a great lead into the next segment, uh, Australia have broken the Women's World Cup record for crowds attendance. The game, uh, Sweden versus uh, the USA, last night with a crowd of 27,000 brings the total attendance for the 2023 tournament to 1,367,037, which breaks the previous record of 1,353,506 set at Canada 2015. So I think that's really impressive, Australia. And I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. We are sports mad in this country. So well done to Australia and everyone that's attended uh, the World Cup Games because there's still plenty to go. So we should see this number climb uh, even higher. So that's going to be massive. And uh, well, it's going to be massive to talk about the World Cup next. Matilda's tonight. Uh, I went last minute last night to the Sweden USA game, which that's was That's the greatest news story we've heard this year. Sam um, Manhattan got to a World Cup game. Well, I got to two because I went to the Brazil one last week. So oh. uh, it was just a luck of circumstances So um, and got to see a thrilling thing happen. So FIFA Women's World Cup next. Uh, it's going to be absolutely massive. This is Sin, the sports desk in your Monday evening. And the Matildas, all to talk about next. Uh, John Newman, love me again, and that's a oh, ca- classic FIFA 14 classic. FIFA 14. Um, <laughs> the only which, copy of FIFA I own, but what a game. Um, which gets us amped up for the FIFA Women's World Cup. What an amazing tournament it's been so far. And uh, we'll just go through some of the results uh, that we've seen. We are in the round of 16 now. Um, and, wow, there has been some updates, uh, upsets. Sorry. Uh, so on Saturday, it was Switzerland that went down to Spain 5-1. Japan defeated Norway 3-1. And then on Sunday, Netherlands 2-0 over South Africa. And then a thrilling game last night in Melbourne, because where else would it be other than Melbourne Rectangular Stadium, which I'm still getting used to saying. Uh, It was Sweden-USA nil-nil, but 5-4 in penalties. We went the full 120 minutes, um, and uh, I was there last minute, was... Checking the resale site on the train in the way to Marvel Stadium to go watch the footy, and then somehow locked in a ticket. And then I thought, "You beauty, this is great." But I didn't realise how significant a game it was going to be. And the world number one team, uh, USA, went out. Who were trying to get a three-peat in because they've won the. I didn't realise they've won the last two Women's World Cups. Yeah, so to have them knocked out in the way that they did, because to be fair, credit to them, they really dominated all game, and it took a long time for Sweden to really get their game going. But um, 
And the Sweden's keeper was so incredible with some of the, the show-stopping saves she made. Um, and then we had a tense extra time. But penalties <laughs> is where it all happened. And um, wow, um, to have it finish like that, the final shot. And the Americans, I think just the pressure got to them because the some of the and penalties are very hard, of course, we well know. Uh, but The eyes of a nation are watching upon you in those yes. moments. Mm. Um, and they kind of buggered a few shots that should would have been in the back of the net. And then it took Hartig from Sweden. Um, and then a save from the American keeper, but it rolled back over the line just before she got to it. And the VAR technology uh, was a millimetre over the line. The, it was one millimetre. In the ball technology that they've been using. It was over. Oh, it was over. <laughs> it, it, a thrilling moment. Uh, and how quick they did that too, because normally you'd think that would take a long time. But they got the result straight away and the, the USA are <laughs> knocked out. <laughs> Did you see much of the game, Jerry? Um, well, the penalty shootout, um, I rewatched that. And, yeah, the, the amount of um, misses that were didn't even hit the target. So yep. Rapino, mm. I think the captain of um, the US side, she scarred um, the penalty. And then after that... Like, that was her final kick of her footballing career. Yeah, She's right. now retired as well. So, there um, you go. Yeah. Massive for the US. And uh, can I just say... Can I just say, I look, I will take a bit of enjoyment from American going out because, to be <laughs> frank with them, their promo for the World Cup was the most arrogant thing I have ever seen. I do too. That right? the world, but to be fair, okay, they are the the you know the reigning premiers of the World Cup for two the last time, couple of years. Time. Yeah. Um, well, but row, the thing that. that shocked me the most was uh, we've seen the memes of the American soccer fans. You know, we believe that we will win, Chan. And but um, that's real. That was real. They were chanting that. <laughs> and a few other ones wearing turkeys on their head and presidential hats. <laughs> oh, turkeys! Oh, oh wow. Thanksgiving things. It, it was truly bizarre. <laughs> but the top. most bizarre thing. He's getting that, venomous, guys. <laughs> no, no, because. I mean, some of them were standing up on the wing during the game where I could not see. I kept telling them to sit down, but they wouldn't sit down. But the most hilarious, most embarrassing thing I've ever seen, about four of them had yellow and red cards in their pockets. So every time a decision or someone went down, they all went like this with their yellow and red cards. It was the most hilarious, insane thing I've ever seen. Very, very. Um, So, look... We've got to be, you know, fairly balanced with this, but we did indeed take enjoyment from the Swedes knocking them out. Uh, Liam, what were your yeah, thoughts on the Sweden game? Sweden only had one shot on target, just one, mm. and they still managed to s- sort of steal it off USA, and then USA had 11. So they really stole the show, didn't they, Jason? Ah, certainly did. It going down to penalties as well. They handled with the pressure a bit. Eleven shots on target. Is that a pr- does that set the precedent of how good your goalkeeper is for Sweden too? Or yeah, is she that- was like yeah, a brick wall. Kind of, yeah. um, what's her name? Uh, Musevic. So if she can, no. The, some of the saves were really uh, and, golden glove. Yeah, uh, and I'd say it's hard, a bigger challenge for for, for goalkeepers because it, they are short compared to the, the size of the goal. So mm. the elastics and the jumping to stop some of the balls was oh, it's just incredible, pff, yeah. amazing. Uh, and so mm. we'll go through. So these are the remaining teams that are in the world rankings right now. So number one and two have been eliminated. Sweden, England, France, and Spain are still alive. Seven and eight, Canada and Brazil are out. And nine, Netherlands, and ten, of course, us are still in. Jeremy so, out. 
And 8.30 tonight. Hopefully. Oh, it continues oh, on. Still there you go. Sports uh, so, Brisbane, uh, in Brisbane right now, England and Nigeria are about to start, so we will keep you updated throughout the show on the scores from that game. Uh, but 8.30 tonight, kick-off uh, in Sydney, uh, Australia v Denmark. The Matildas. It's funny. Why is it always Denmark? <laughs> yeah, just like last year. Um, yeah. We all know what happened that day. Lecky. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Great moment to think back on. Um, a bit of inspiration. But um, how do we see Denmark? Ooh. Well, in previous years, I think I've looked at the history. We've lost to them a few times, but our last loss came in 1995. We drew them. That's the only the time they played each other in a World Cup. So yeah, at a World Cup, but in friendlies, um, the last game we played was a few years back, and I think we beat Denmark. So yeah, three one. Yeah, there yeah. you go. I reckon we're a big chance if even like Sam Kerr, if she comes off the bench or whatever, I, I feel like she will start today. You have to throw her in. It's around a sixteen knockout game. You're not gonna save her for later. Yeah, she, yeah. She did tell Channel Nine last night that she will play. So I'm not sure if it's her decision, but hopefully we get to see some minutes from her. Did you hear about the Choppers boys as well? No. Um, they were flying a helicopter um, while the Matildas were um, training just to get a snapshot of if Sam Kerr was training oh, or not, which yeah. she was really? um, a few days ago. So <laughs> Yeah, because in, in the previous times before the last game, she was just stretching. She wasn't even training. Yeah, but this time she was actually doing like, you know, your usual... Box-to-box soccer jewels. Yeah. Uh, she will not... I don't think she'll start. I think that'll be, I think, a bit too much early on, but she'll definitely come on and be an impact player for sure. Yeah. So then my question, Sam, is what would the layout of the game look like before she hits the ground if she was to start on the bench and be substituted on? Uh, say that again, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would the field of play look like with Sam Kerr sitting on the bench and being substituted in? What do you think the uh, how the Matildas' performance will look? Uh, well, I think they'll play something similar to what they have been already. Um, uh, but uh, to be honest, I'd like to see the subs made earlier because in, in the recent games, they've been made far too late. Yeah, 80th minute's not going to cut the No, nah, no. Nah. It needs to be way earlier than that. We've got a lot of talent on the bench. Give us a benchmark, um, 65th. 60th, somewhere yeah, around there. after that. And I think you've got to take on what's happening during the game as well. Mm. Yeah, 100%. If they're winning, there's no point in putting it out. Yeah, it's, it's, for... it's, it seems weird that some managers will have their game plan and they don't want to bustle from it at all because... I, I don't know. They put so much time into the play, and I don't, I don't know the reasoning. I don't. I, I don't follow too greatly, but I'm going to guess that based on that comment, cough, cough, Gareth Southgate, cough, cough. <laughs> is that is that an accurate yeah, thing? Because yeah, I, I heard a lot so. of that yeah. with the England camp. Well, to be last fair, the, um, our men's he wasn't too good at <laughs> switching very early on. Um, oh, his name's gone out of my head. Though. Our men's coach, uh, Graham Arnold. Yeah, yes, Arnold, of course. Yeah. So. Um, but, uh, oh, well. Uh, so, yes, Matildas tonight, uh, I feel like we're pretty confident. Um, their run, can, can you just give us, sorry, Jerry, the, the yeah. last games that they played during their group the stage? Matildas? No, the um, Denmark, Denmark, who they faced. Because uh, I think the, the, uh, the way that it's been talked up all week is that, um, yeah. well, um, I think we're, we're ahead of them. Yeah, so they played China first and yep. defeated them 1-0. And then after that, they lost to England 1-0, as we saw that screamer. And then they defeated Haiti 2-0. So they've been coming into form, but also dropping that game against England shows that they do struggle against those powerhouse teams as yep. well. 
And, and, and I think the momentum that we build up, because that game was so significant uh, and a change for us when the pressure was on and we managed to get that done, I think that really is a good thing for belief in the team um, and morale. And we got to see Hayley Rasso, who really couldn't get on the score sheet the week before, absolutely turn it on. So uh, I, I'm confident that they're going to take that in. If we were to shift gears slightly, we are going to be providing updates uh, of the Nigeria-England game that is coming up, uh, yep. upcoming uh, through the show. Just before the ball is kicked off, what are your thoughts heading into this? Like, Who do you see with the advantage going into that one? Uh, I'd say England have been a standout. I think Nigeria are exciting to be in, uh, I think, uh, in a position where they've been. Um, really shocked the world rankings with that. Um, are they, they were... the wild card, do you think? They're a bit of a dark horse. Yeah, so same with Morocco. England, then, you know, their whole jaw is wide open. But I think the Lionesses are, are something that we haven't really spoken up uh, about too much. So they're, they're, they're ready to pounce too. We've been talking a lot about America, but they're a very good team as well. So um, we will go through the rest of the games that are coming up as well across the week. So, uh, of course, tonight, Denmark, 830 Colombia and Jamaica that will also be played here at Melbourne Rectangular Stadium at 6pm tomorrow night. Uh, it's the last game in Melbourne for the World Cup. And then Morocco will, France and Morocco will face 9 o'clock tomorrow in Adelaide. And two of the quarterfinals have already been set up. So Spain v Netherlands, 11am on Friday in Wellington. And Japan v Sweden, 5.30, while we're on air on Friday at Ooh. Eden Park as well. So okay. exciting. Sam, 11am Friday, who wins that one? Um, tough one. I, I really don't know. Uh, I, <laughs> that's, it is a tough one. I'm just going to say Spain just, but uh, to be honest, I haven't seen too much of Spain and Netherlands play. Um, but uh, that should be a very, very interesting contest. All right. So it's all down to the Matildas tonight, 8.30 in Sydney. Come on. Allianz Arena. Uh, wow. Um, Fed Square. Fed scares going off. A few of the sports yeah. sports desk yeah, crew will be going down. Give so <laughs> a few um, cheeky grabs there. All right. Well, this is a special preview from Channel 7. You can watch the game on Optus Sport and Channel 7 tonight. The round of 16, Matilda's 8.30. Pitbull, we are the one. I don't know if we've ever played Pitbull on the sports desk, but it is a World Cup song, and that's what we're really excited about. Uh, of course, the Matildas tonight. Uh, we will keep you updated. The national anthems are being played in Brisbane at the moment between uh, Nigeria and England. So we'll keep one eye on that. But the other eye is right now on the AFL as we go through uh, the round that's been on this weekend. And finally, we can... <laughs> I've been saying the wrong round number for, <laughs> I think, a week. But round 21 was... Uh, and it started off on Friday night. The Western Bulldogs defeated Richmond 19-12, to 10 11 55 points. And uh, it was, well, it's pretty clear. I think we were discussing on Friday... Um, that the Bulldogs needed to really solidify this one and uh, if Richmond had any hope of clinging on to kind of games and stuff, that was going to be uh, a significant one in that. But the uh, the Bulldogs show that it was pretty dominant, Jerry. 
Yeah, I was watching that game. I fell asleep um, in the third quarter because it was so <laughs> I fell asleep at half time. I yeah, took a power nap myself. <laughs> well, the bot was on fire. He kicked three goals, won 32 touches. I think with Dacos, he could win the Brownlow. Um, yes, we will get to bot. that. Yes. We love the bot. So. <laughs> Um, do approve of that. And that whole dog's midfield is resurging again. You got Libba with 30 touches, Trelaw, Dale. Um, they just tore that Richmond midfield apart. You still have Taranto and all that, but like the dogs just did it better. And Jamara obviously kicking five as well. He's showing why he was number one. Massive, massive. Now, uh, I, th- I think we've been waiting uh, to kind of see some of the new guys like Jamara just really hit strides. Because you can just tell they're, they're, they're that explosive type of player that once they get going... Uh, it's going to be really impactful in games. Aaron Norton, three goals too. Uh, as you said, mentioned the Bont, three goals. Rory Lobb, even getting in it. He's been a bit quiet, but two goals too for him. And disposals-wise, yeah, Bont, as we mentioned, 32. Trelaw, 32. Uh, Libba 31, uh, Bailey Dale 30. Do you see uh, Libba on the uh, <laughs> in, um, in BT's Roaming Brian promoting his <laughs> you, uh, pubs that he's got? Really? You can free a free Palmer if you say oh, his I name. I think that was a joke. <laughs> you know how many people are going yeah. into those yeah, pubs yeah. right now? Finally, you... a complete for performance from the Western Bulldogs. Yes. We needed some efficiency going forward, and the comment I try and emphasise a bit is when Jamar is on, Norton's off. When Norton's on, Jamar is off. They f- and when you throw lob in, sometimes they stuff up their it stuffs up their chemistry. That was the most complete forward performance across all three of them that night on Friday. Fantastic performance by the forwards. Yeah, it was definitely an ordinary performance from Richmond, and it could really cost the top job for Andrew McCoulter there. And I'm not really sure why Dustin Martin was managed if it wasn't injury, just soreness in a must-win game. Yeah, that no, was really interesting. I feel like that was a very strange decision, especially yeah. the way he's been playing in recent weeks. Um, and this is. With such a you know uh, a side of some young guns and two, I th- I th- you need the experience in those sort of games. Yeah. Um, it just maybe it wasn't even on the horizon or the plans for <laughs> that the Tigers were going to be close at making it. I'm not sure. Yeah, it wasn't really their midfield dominance on Friday night. It was sort of the way they moved the ball out of their back half with uncon- uncontested marks throughout the game, which Richmond just couldn't stop. Sam. So, Yep, so the Bulldogs move on and uh, pretty dominant from them. But Saturday we go to now and uh, it was, <laughs> wow, what a game at Marvel Stadium um, Saturday afternoon. It was a one-point win for the Bombers, 10-13-73, 11-6-72. The Eagles almost did it. Eagles mm. almost did it and it just gives a chance for Essendon. It's still, they've got a particularly easy run compared to the rest of the Explain teams. Explain to me how that, is a fa- how that is an easy run. <laughs> Explain that to me, Sam. Yeah, West Coast yeah. twice. How are you saying that's easy, on mate? West Coast twice and North twice. North's a tough team to play, mate. GWS on a run and Ka- and Collingwood. Come on, Sam. Yeah, but you're playing West Coast Eagles and North back to back in the last Four couple wins. of weeks. North are winning on that in that game. What are you talking about? But I, I'd say, I mean, but I guess you're only beaten the Eagles by a point, so maybe not get too excited. At, at, one, at, at what point have I expressed any excitement? No, no, I'm just saying Bombers fans in general. But James Wish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots of Brian. Um, how do you see this? Because I don't know how to take this game. Oh, like I feel like Essendon played really well the first three quarters. Um, Langford kicking five, but then they kind of switched off a bit. Let um, a few of the West Coast forwards like Jamie Cripps come a few and kick a few, and then. 
towards the end, West Coast took the lead, which I was very surprised with. With a minute to go, I thought they had the game clinched. And then Essendon, with a quick clearance, won the game. It wasn't convincing footy at all in that final quarter. So there's question marks surrounding them against North this weekend. Mm. North will win. Yeah, if, oh, be massive. if West Coast <laughs> won that game... North Melbourne could have got Harley Reid the pick one. <laughs> yeah, so they, were, they were in the that, bottom for five minutes. Yeah. In all seriousness, <laughs> that is a huge sliding doors moment in mm. AFL history. If Harley Reid turns into a Dustin Martin type. Well, see, the, the thing is, I, and I, it's, I, th- I feel a bit sorry for the kid because there yeah, is so much yeah, pressure absolutely. on him. I, I know, I think it's gotten worse in years because I don't think yeah. we've ever really thought about number one players and just, you know, the spot on the ladder for them because you just don't know. Yes, they're the number one draft pick, but you don't know what they're going to be like in four years' time. You really mm-hmm. don't. It's just, it seems, it's a strange idea that we hold all our <laughs> luck on an 18-year-old kid that's going to come into the competition for the first time. Uh, so it's an interesting one. My final comment on this game. Two positives for the Bombers. Kyle Langford, give him a pay rise. And secondly, this is an excerpt from Brad Scott's press conference that I wanted to bring to your attention. It was in terms of <laughs> yes, percentage. Because uh, no, Essendon versus West Coast was not a percentage boostage game. I tried to make that point on Friday. <laughs> this is a direct quote from Brad, Brad Scott. Essendon are nowhere near that stage. Thinking, oh, the four points are banked and that it's all about percentage. But that's what people were telling us going in. But in a perverse way, I'm not that disappointed that our players got that lesson because if they did seep into their con in their subconscious somewhere, they better get it out real pretty quick. Yes, complacency is a killer, and that is exactly what that side is presenting to me, in my opinion. And North will win this week. But as long as they as long as they <laughs> follow Friday that, yet. as yeah. long as they follow that advice. I can find a, that that's the one positive out of this game, but La- I'm I'm frothing at the minute. Langford five three I'm, goals. I'm angry, Sam. Cripps two goals to Allen two uh, for him. Jack Darling two. Marrick to Peter Wright. Well, you did chicken me, Jerry, in the ear when I said towards the end of the year the uh, West Coast might get some scalps. So we got North <laughs> Melbourne, mate. How's that a scalp? Okay, maybe not scalps. Okay, maybe, maybe, all right. I don't know why you're laughing, Liam. You almost fell to the Eagles too. (laughs) That is true. Um, All right, moving on. Adelaide Crows and the Gold Coast Suns. um, 28-point win at Adelaide Oval. 13-11-89-6. Sorry, 9-7-61. Darcy Fogarty, three goals, two for him. Shane McAdam, three goals. Taylor Walker. Two goals, one. Levi Casbolt for the Gold Coast Suns, two goals, one. Ben King, two goals, one. And two goals for Lacocious. Uh, disposals wide, Crouch with 31. Hinge with 31. Uh, how did we see this one? Crouch is back, Liam, isn't he? Yes. And I reckon a, a club like West Coast who are, you know, wanting experienced players to gel with the likes of Elijah Hewitt, and Campbell Chesser, I think they should probably go after players like Matt Crouch. He's not getting game at Adelaide. Given, yeah. yeah, given Luke Shuey's probably done, I think, mm. yeah, I th- he's playing well, yeah. Matt Crouch. Yeah, interesting one. The the opposite version of this match early in the year, the Gold Coast Suns had an advantage playing in the Northern Territory, but it wasn't so Adelaide Oval, pretty dominant. Mm. Um, interesting one. We, we, we kind of called maybe Adelaide early in the last couple of weeks when they started to slide that they probably weren't going to recover from it, but they have. I think have. they will. I, I think, think they'll get they'll a few recover. more wins and they'll make seventh or eighth. <laughs> Come on, oh, Jerry. There's a chicken already. <laughs> don't replace the Saints, in my opinion, Jerry. Oof. No, man. Is that a chicken? I, I just still think um, Adelaide, because who have got the last few weeks? Um, uh, 
we'll get because there is a screenshot. I need to find oh, it. Maybe you can find it on the AFL Instagram. They've got the run for the teams in a certain amount of selection. We'll find that and we'll go through that. Mm. Um, but yeah, Adelaide th- Crows roll on. Um, and wow, this was an interesting one. I said maybe on uh, Friday that maybe the blue psyche might have got into the Collingwood's kind of mental frame. And, oh, he's uh, taking credit for it, Liam. Well, <laughs> I mean, Port have been on a, a losing run after we bet them, so maybe there's something in that. Uh, it was all on by 32 points, 69-105 over Collingwood, 11-7-73. Wow, the Hawkers. They would have been happy at the G on Saturday. Better club than give it credit for, Sam. Oh, the tactics of Nick Dacos was very interesting mm. to see as well. They went just all at him. Um, and then, obviously, the Pies were still in it at halftime. Um, but that third quarter, the Hawks just turned it on. Um, going back to those veterans from that Hawks free-peat, Luke Bruce, the, the past few weeks, he's just been like back to when he won those premierships. That soccer... Yep. Goal assist. Um, I can't remember who it was. Oh, yeah. that was fantastic. That was just amazing. Like he's thirty, like thirty-two, and he's still doing that. So, yep. just shows you. And that midfield day ward, just amazing to see. Yeah, I, I thought it was quite an arrogant performance from Collingwood. The way they didn't lay a glove on James Sicily allowed him to get thirty-seven disposals, nineteen contested marks, and. Just ignored the fact the way that St Kilda limited his damage with Cooper, uh, Cooper Sharman last week. That was very um, arrogant, I felt. And the way they got belted in centre clearances, 18 at three, it doesn't get Just worse than you. that. Bit of, bit of so, a wake-up call for the Piles, right yeah. right on the kind of edge of the finals, final couple of weeks to go. I mean, maybe they want it now rather than the last, right up to the uh, finals, especially after long runs, maybe... Need a bit of a reset and a rethink. Because, mm. uh, yeah, it's just gone their way for far too long uh, in games that they shouldn't have won sometimes. Uh, Disagree but, uh, with that, but anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, well, we're seeing now that it's just not going to happen for you every time. Uh, but maybe it's probably, a, as bad as it sounds, probably a positive for them. Yeah, likely. <laughs> likely. Uh, but, yes, Sicily, as you mentioned, 37, that is massive. So, and we've spoken many times how Hawthorne, Hawthorne are playing out of their skin uh, for where they are, and we'll see them back up uh, within the next couple of years. Geelong, Cats and Port Adelaide played on Saturday night at GMHBA. The Cats by 12 points, 14, 13, 19, uh, 97 to 12, 13, 85. Uh, seesawing contest down at the freezing cold Cattery. Uh, Ollie Henry with four goals, Willie Rioli four, Sam Pepper three, Jeremy McCameron two goals, two disposals, tw- 30 for Zach Butters, 27 for Connor Rosie, uh, Burton 25. Interesting one, Jerry. Yeah, I was on centre wing um, in Geelong working, so I was very lucky, had a wow. beautiful view. Um, it was a great match to watch. The clearances were pretty um, even from both sides. I think the last quarter had it all. So Port kicked the first goal with um, Todd Marshall from the boundary. And then after that, it was all Geelong. Grant Myers, um, playing off that wing role, it was incredible. He had 24 touches, two goals, one. Um, he gave a brilliant goal assist to Jeremy Cameron to kick, like, arguably the sealer. And then he also kicked on himself in that term. So, you know, Geelong, I counted them out. But after that performance against Port Adelaide, they, they could be back. Yeah, one of your chickens was that they won't make the eight. Yeah, um, and, and Richmond it's, as well. So it's it's scary it that still up. Oh, come on, mate! It's scary to think um, that uh, they could get on a roll. Um, they are a, a club that is so comfortable in finals mm. um, that not many can say they can just you know 
They were there last year and they won it. Um, if they can get into the slot again, um, yes, down. they've been out, out of form, in and out of form. Um, but, uh, yeah, they are someone that's probably one of the most experienced clubs uh, at finals. Uh, so interesting to see what they do. And, but Port Adelaide are holding their own still, which is an optimistic sign for Port fans. Yeah, There's still I, I a lot think, of excitement there. I, I think it was a lot better from them. Um, it, they've, they've dropped down to fourth now, which we will get to the ladder. Interesting. Um, but I still think they'll be okay, Port. Yeah, the Power lost so many injuries on Saturday night. They lost Bergman and Finlayson before the game with illness. Then they lost Trent McKenzie with a knee injury, and they also had their best ruckman, Scott Lysette, getting knee surgery. So he wasn't available, and Todd Marshall get hurting as, um, as well. So they were really... This fact. Yeah. But to still serve up what they did, that's yeah, impressive. Yeah, it was gallant effort. That's yeah. impressive. Good on the Battle of the Bridge, the Sydney Derby happened. The GWS Giants went down to the Sydney Swans by 11 points, 12, 13, 85, 15, 6, 96. Jason, you're very excited. Did you tip this one? I and we didn't. T- I, fl- <laughs> I think that's I what happened. I flipped a chicken and it said Sydney. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Right. I do you remember that. Um, McLean, four <laughs> goals for Sydney. Toby Green, three goals. One, Errol Goulden, two goals, two. Uh, massive. 38 disposals for Tom Green, uh, 32 for Errol Gordon as well. Um, interesting, in uh, the Battle of the Bri- they always just bring out the crazy results, these uh, Sydney games, Sydney derbies. Um, so Holtz, GWS's run for now, but should we be worried about them, Jerry, or not? I, I still think they'll make the A. It's just um, who's going to step up when... Like, Toby stepped up. He still kicked three goals, but we need other players in and around him, like, stepping up in the midfield consistently because it's not week to week that the Giants are serving up, you know, quality footy besides Toby, so... It's just too centralised. Yeah, yeah, just solely on one person. And they did win seven in a row prior to that. Yeah. Yeah, and the Swans, they scored 30 points from their defensive half in the first quarter, so... They'll probably not ideal for the Giants to do that. Mm. Good for the Swans' ball movement, however. New era, which is a good start. And okay. suddenly Sydney are on the edge as well. The They're grand finalists from They're last year, eight, nine yeah. and ten. You reckon? Yeah. I, I might chicken the Sydney one. <laughs> They've won what six in a row. No, they haven't. It was like four. four, in a four. Row since it that. would be an amazing story, though. To, to both grand finalists <laughs> have had uh, a really topsy turvy year, and both squeeze in. That'd be very, very interesting. Sunday, we move on to now, and it was Melbourne by thirty-two points down in Hobart, ten, eleven, seventy-one to fifteen, thirteen, a hundred and three. They were up at half time, Jerry. Yeah, the ruse just always um, get me emotional, man. <laughs> I was on the way back from Ballarat on the bus giving it to this Melbourne supporter because we're up 35 to 9 at quarter time. And then Chaka oh, wow. and Gorn stepped up and that was the end of my speech. So um, <laughs> Can we take a moment, by the way? So you were at Marvel Stadium on Saturday working. Yeah. Then you went to Geelong. Yeah, I had Then a you're in Ballarat. Weekend. Yes. <laughs> wow. So I had to race, um, yeah, pretty tired, but... Got it done. He's very well travelled this week, yes. young Jerry. Yeah, I was. Andy Brayshaw, 37. Uh, Hunter, 33. Jack Siebel, 32. Uh, Scott, 31. Simpkin, 28. Uh, Eddie Ford with three goals. That's yeah, exciting. 40 hit three in the first. Beautiful. Uh, and Pickett, three goals for him. Chandler. Petrarca, two goals, three. Um, Melbourne seemed to be this cool, calm, collected team that we've kind of forgotten about. The only issue with Melbourne is their forward line because Harrison Petty 
um, mm. did something. So, like, who's who are you going to put in that like central centre half forward role? Jake Melksham with Fritch still out. Yeah, yeah, but he's not a big. He's he's only like. They might put Joel yeah. Smith down there or Adam Tomlinson. I think they've given up on but that Brody give Grundy. The flexibility, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. So that's going to be an issue for Melbourne, but they played really well. So, okay. Marvel Stadium, St Kilda Carlton. <laughs> it was Carlton by nineteen points, eight six fifty four to ten thirteen seventy three, and it's uh, Liam. A bit I tense in the studio here. He hasn't so shut up about it all morning. <laughs> I tipped Carlton, but I was cheering St Kilda so hard oh, for him. Mate. I mean, yeah, same. No, to be honest, uh, I I was a bit worried at um, quarter time. And, well, at halftime, we were 22 points down and it almost looked as if we just went back to our old ways. We weren't playing the game through the middle. The skills were ordinary all over the shop. Um, and I thought, uh-oh, we've, we've, we played our grand final against Collingwood and then we're slipping back. But normally in a game like that, we wouldn't be able to recover. That would be it. And the old Carlton would have just played like that for the rest of the game and that would have been a loss. But the resilience, resiliency from this club uh, was an amazing turnaround. Suddenly, players were playing out of their skin. Nick Newman, I've got to give a shout-out to him. Incredible game from him. Um, and even they, they tried everything. Paddy to, Dale. Paddy Dale, yep. I was giving him <laughs> strife in the, in the first quarter because he was turning the ball over and stuff. But he, he came out and a lot of players stepped up when we've got some cattle out. Um, and, uh, yeah, Newman, 35. Zach Fisher coming back in, 32. Was excited to see him, so surely he stays in the team. Blake Akers as well, another standout, and Doherty had a really good. Uh, Jesse Motlop, two goals, one. Blake Akers, two goals. Dan Butler, two. Max King, two. Uh, But talk us through us, Liam. They started off really well, the Saints. They were were kicking straight (sighs) as an arrow. I was very worried. (laughs) Oh, the Saints weren't tough enough when it mattered, really, Sam. I mean, Brad Crouch, he can have a great first half, but when it mattered, where was he? Got zero touches in the last quarter. (laughs) Uh, Hunter Clark, four touches in the second half. Jack Steele, our courageous captain, zero touches in the last quarter. So really disappointing. Mm. Uh, You know, Calton smashed... Uh, the Saints in the, in the middle in the second half and just locked it in their forward half. So that's a massive loss and, you know, the Saints won't make the eight anymore. So disappointing. Really? After being in the eight all year, they'll get kicked out. Who do you have uh, next few weeks? We've got Richmond. So that's a 50-50. Could win that. We need two wins. So, And then we've got Geelong and Brisbane. Ooh, so That's going to be tough. Uh, you have to win next week or else you're done. We need two, so um, it's interesting. Uh, I, I think, and you said you had they had to get Charlie Kern out of the game, which you kept did. him most. I did, uh, but somehow he was still impactful. What, did you see some of the field passes? Yeah, the, the fifty <laughs> yeah. It was bizarre. Hey, we just hit him on the chest. Um, just did, didn't need a second to look at them and he'd find them. So even without being too impactful on the scoreboard, uh, he was showing, wow, what a superhuman player he is, Charlie Curnow. Um, and, yeah, just the blue stocks. So, wow. Yeah, the Blues had an extra number at the stoppage and that allowed the Saints to outnumber Curnow. But obviously when you're getting smashed and contested ball, you probably need to equalise. So, we, we couldn't get it out of the middle yeah. during the first half as well. That was really, mm. really tough. But, uh, wow. Very impressed. Jason. 
wow, it took 21 weeks to finally get Carlton to where they really should have been from the start. <laughs> but alas, the show's only an hour long. So as we move on, we go to <laughs> Optus Stadium, Fremantle versus Brisbane. Brisbane by three, Sam. Yeah, it's a tight contest in the end. Fremantle, who we've kind of given strife to in the last couple of weeks, they've showed up their last well, couple of games. I believed in them. I said it would be a close encounter, I think, unless... Yeah. Oh, Did I'd... you tip them, Jerry? No, I tipped Brisbane. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they would have given you a scare a little bit. I was jo- I, the last two weeks I've come on this show and said Fremantle acting like stock prices plummeting. They had a little bit of a research, <laughs> but uh, just not enough to uh, get a, get the profits back. Sturt, three goals for uh, Fremantle. Charlie Cameron, two goals, two. Fredericks, two goals, one. Point on um, Frederick, by the way. Never see a bad highlight of him. He's such an exciting player. Yeah, very exciting. 35 disposals for Sarong. Brayshaw, 29. Young, 29. Uh, Jared Berry, 28. 25. Uh, a bit of a scare for the Lions. What, what do we think about the Lions? They're not all that. I don't think they're winning the Premiership full stop. Oh, come on. Oh, they're just being chickened. Liam's chickened. They're that. second. It doesn't matter. They're not playing good they'll footy. Get, they'll get two home finals at the Gabba, which they're almost impossible to beat. They'll make a grand final. Every... Come on, right, we'll see how we go. <laughs> I still back my claim. All right, okay. now injuries. Before we go through the ladder, uh, massive. We we br- briefly went over it, but uh, wow, that is massive for Collingwood. The sky is falling as we speak. As Here Jerry's going to read out this wobbles come. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll start off with the major one, Nick Dacos. So he copped a um, knee in a contest, and then. He ended up injuring his right knee. So there was a hairline fracture from scans on um, Sunday. And as a result, he'll miss the next six weeks. So that's likely until possibly the grand final he gets back. Um, yeah, huge blow for Collingwood, especially even his Brownlow hopes. I think now Bont's probably won the Brownlow considering the next three weeks will be major. Murphy's also done an ankle, so he'll be out for a few weeks. It's a synosmosis. Um, a few from the Richmond game, Scott with a concussion and Hopper, Rioli with an ankle, um, Jones and Powell, as you said, um, Liam, injuries through Port. So you watch this space. Port could slump a few more losses. Jack Henry with a foot and McKenzie with a knee. So McKenzie's done for the year. Six weeks out with a PCL. Um, as you know, those injuries take a while. And Harrison Petty, um, TBA with that ankle. Um, he's awaiting scans. Obviously, the match was yesterday. So he could miss up to six weeks. Um, so, yeah, Melbourne as well. Injury woes. For the teams in contention, these are the race for the top eight. These are the next three opponents. St Kilda, as we mentioned, Richmond, Geelong and Brisbane. Giants have Port Adelaide, Essendon and Carlton. Carlton have Melbourne, Gold Coast and the Giants. Western Bulldogs have Hawthorne, West Coast and Geelong. Geelong have Collingwood, St Kilda and Western Bulldogs. Sydney play Gold Coast, Adelaide and Melbourne. Richmond have St Kilda, North and Port Adelaide. Adelaide have Brisbane, Sydney and West Coast. Essendon, North, Giants and Collingwood. And Gold Coast here, Sydney, Carlton and North. So interesting. A couple of teams actually playing each other in this kind of battle for the eight as well, which makes things very, very interesting. All right, we'll look at the ladder now. And top to bottom, Collingwood still on top, 64 points. Melbourne move up to second. Uh, 56 points by a percentage, uh, but only like by 1.2 or something over Brisbane at the moment in third. Port Adelaide a fourth, um, down by a percentage as well. Carlton move up to fifth, 46 points. 
Western Bulldogs in 6.44. St Kilda 7th, 44 as well. GWS just behind them as well in percentage in the top eight. Below them uh, on 42 points is Geelong. Behind them is Sydney. Uh, 40 points is Adelaide in 11th. Essendon in 12th. Um, 13th, Richmond. Gold Coast 14th. Fremantle 15th, Hawthorne 16th, North Melbourne 17th, the West Coast 18th. So interesting. This has to be one of the closest seasons we've ever witnessed. And we said that last year, and last year was close too. <laughs> I know, but wow. this uh, this takes the cake, I think. Certainly um, does. I, Not often 16th so many beats teams, first. But from 30, 36 points all the way up to uh, 46 in fifth. So wow. that's crazy. I still reckon from 1st to 11th is the real battle, and then from 12th onwards, those teams are done. All right. When we come back, we got the Minute Mondays. Uh, this is a bit of Star Sailor. Four to the floor as we wrap up what's been a big sports desk on Sin. Star Sailor on the sports desk, four to the floor. And a bit of an update in the World Cup. No goals have scored yet. 26 minutes have gone up in Brisbane. It remains England and nil, uh, Nigeria nil. It is time for some Mad... Mo- oh, no, not Mad Mondays. That's post Minute Mondays. Sam. Yes, that's of course. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> All right, Minute Mondays. And now the sports capital becomes the quiz capital. It's the sports desk. Minute Mondays. Yes, we need to end this program on a much happier note than last time. And we need to do a topic where these three actually know what they're talking about. Because last week it was nil, nil, nil on World <laughs> Cup general knowledge. Negative we are... four. Be like the Sweden game, wasn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thoughts, Sam? Uh, yes, I'm just trying to find the clock. So t- well, t- talk to we have got of... 60 seconds that we are going to put it on the clock. And these three are going to buzz in with their names and try and tell me all of their best AFL general knowledge. We need a topic to actually Ooh, get some registered scores on the board. Uh, unfortunately, though, the only person who's got the highest score uh, is Jerry with three. Yeah. The other one is Adam Miller, and he is retired. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well. So, Sam, Adam. come on, mate. Uh, this, is, this is your week. And Liam's first quiz doing AFL general knowledge. Debut. Oh, here we go. Gentlemen, right, we test your start. buzzers. Sam. Liam. Jerry. Okay, we're going to put 60 seconds on the clock and we're going to end this show on a ba- with a bang, not a whimper. Which NRL player crossed codes to join Gold Coast? Jerry. Went, Jerry. Come on, come on. Correct. The 2010 grand final Jerry. ended in draw. Jerry. Uh, it was a. They it played in 1977. Oh, How many games did St Kilda win in a row before losing their first game in 2009? Jerry. Jerry. 15. 19. Wow. Which year did Buddy Franklin debut with the Sydney Swans? Jerry. Liam. Jerry. 2014. Correct. Five Irish players have played 100 Sam. plus games. Name on Sam. As Correct. Meatloaf's infamous grand final Jerry. performance. <laughs> Jerry was first. 2011. Correct. Oh, wow. What was the last captain coach of an AFL VFL side? Sam. Liam. Sam. Uh, uh, Jerry. Jerry. Limco. What oh, year no. was the inaugural Dreamtime at the G play? Jerry. Uh, 2009. 2005. Who was the first coach of the Gold Coast Suns? Liam. Liam. Guy McKenna. Correct. Port Adelaide captains typically play under the what number? Guernsey. Sam. Sam. Uh, nine. Number one. Oh, that was just a total guess. All the right. answer, uh, the question that I didn't get to finish was the 2010 grand final ended in a draw. What was the most recent drawn grand final before this? That was North Melbourne Collingwood. That was North Melbourne Collingwood, 1977. The other five players were Jim Steins, Tim, uh, 
Ken, uh, Ty Keneally, Sam White and Peter Hanley. That, listeners, was the Sports Desk. All right, thank uh, you very much for listening. It's been a packed man? show. Three Jerry, one Liam, <laughs> Sam, one. Go Matildas will be back on Friday from five. That's how you play, man. <laughs> oh, they're still going. Bye. Reviews and previews this AFL season. Listen to the Sports Desk live Fridays and Mondays 5 p.m. on SIN 90.7 FM and on syn.org.au.